Hello and welcome back. Episode number 94 already. We're in we're getting closer and closer to episode 100. It's scary. We started this in March and uh, now it's almost November and episode 94 today. I'm joined in a few seconds by Trevor Hall. He's he's the Actually, I should have asked you Trevor beforehand and people can't see you right now, but publisher, editor, host of the Mining Stock Daily podcast. A tremendous guest to have on. He's a good friend of mine, so I'm really excited to have him on the show here in a second. Uh, but also, please be reminded, this is an interactive format. So when we're chatting with Trevor, you got any questions for him, like how is he doing his process or anything you want to know from Trevor, use hashtag AskMSD for your questions. Follow us here on Twitter, follow us on YouTube. And uh, I'm extremely pleased to announce Trevor also as a media partner for our upcoming conference here next week, uh, the Deutsche Goldmesse or German Gold Show uh, for our American audience or North American audience. Um, yeah, make sure to sign up. It's free to sign up. And we've got a great list of speakers and appreciate Trevor being a media partner. Now, let me introduce Trevor Hall. Trevor, you're the host, editor, head honcho over at the Mining Stock Daily Podcast, the podcast I have a lot of respect and time for. The only problem is now it's football season, so I'm alternating between Mining Stock Daily and my Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast on the way to work. Um, but you put in a tremendous effort, and we've really got to catch up on how you actually do it. And first of all, like, how are you, man? Good to have you on the show. Yeah, uh, thanks, Kai. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to be here. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, no, kudos to you too. I mean, I know like when you know, COVID hit, not that I want to jump on and talk about COVID right away, but you changed and you just leaped into the space too. So it's been a lot of fun to see SOAR Financial, the SF Live Media grow too. Uh, before I do get started, I just want to give a quick shout out. My little boy, Everett, turned six on Sunday and uh, love that kid to death. So can't wish him happy birthday oh, enough. Fantastic, man. That's, I love that. And like, we're all big mining family here anyway. So really, that, made, that warms my heart, dude. And all the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's funny because, like, it, it, you know, so I wake up at like five uh, mountain time, and uh, the hardest part is getting out of bed and then come back down to my basement office where my wife keeps me, uh, put together the podcast. But, you know, because it's audio, I don't think how many people realize that, like, sh like my, my kids know that if I'm talking to myself, not to come into the room. Yeah. But once there's that moment of quietness, they like usually come in here, and that's at like six twenty. Wow, six yeah. thirty usually. And so, like, my kids are like, they're usually here, well like, trained how, now. How is mining stock daily? Where's the gold, Dad? Where's the Where's gold? Where's the gold? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, my kids are actually the same. When I used to do the podcast from home, the SF lives, they actually watched me downstairs in the living room. They actually sat through full episodes knowing that I was live on YouTube, on Twitter and everything. And that made them so happy. So they, yeah. they were always scared to come in because they didn't want to be on the Internet. So, um, they, <laughs> so that was well, and, and now it's come to the point where like, so like, I, like somehow I've got it engraved with my son. Like you, like sometimes gold is associated with quartz. Oh, yeah. And so he knows like what quartz looks like now. So, I mean. Anytime we're out for like a walk, whether we're like up in the foothills yeah. in the mountains here, west of Denver, even just like down our street, like if he finds a rock and it's got some white, he's like, "Dad, it's quartz. There's probably gold See, here." My five and a half, my five and a half year old has the same. He saw my rock collection here in the office, and now he sees if he can find some good looking pebbles and brings them to me. Dad, you got to take them <laughs> to the office with you and put them in your rock collection. He's like, "Sure, son." 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, dude, like, like the, the interview is like, it's great to have, to have you on, actually. We're going to find out who Trevor Hall actually is. So we found out family man. All right. Take that off. But but who are you? Where do you hail from? Give us a little more background info on Trevor Hall. Like, what motivated you to do the podcast in the first place? All right. Uh, well, how far back do you want to go? Oh, we um, have time. We're luck. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So let's, I, um, I grew up in very small town in Northeast Nebraska. I had 40 people in my graduating class. I, uh, the day after I graduated high school, I left and went to the big city of Lincoln, Nebraska and, uh, started, uh, school there with, uh, broadcasting, went into broadcasting. And, uh, so that's where I started this, you know, journalism, um, just, I don't know. I was, you know, like you always enjoyed learning about from other people and asking questions, telling stories. And, uh, from undergrad then, uh, was in a couple of interesting, really cool projects. Um, some documentary work that then transferred into grad school. Uh, by that time I was, uh, five straight years into school and had had enough. <laughs> and so I, uh, uh, took all the money. I, I, so this is what I did. I, uh, I actually, uh, one spring put on a blue one day bluegrass festival and sold tickets and made money off of it. And then took that money and skipped town. But that festival actually went out happened. West. It was not like the fire festival, The festival right? actually okay. happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a full day and people were so drunk, um, <laughs> uh, and having such a good time and, uh, took all that money Skipped town, went west into Oregon, um, and just... That's like way west. Didn't yeah. do much. <laughs> <laughs> I came back, you know, and then I was like, oh, I need to, you know, I really should go back to school, finish my graduate degree. Um, worked on a couple other documentary projects, one on Johnny Carson, uh, and... Because uh, Johnny Carson's a University of Nebraska. Oh, no, way. okay. Well, didn't know that yeah and uh so got to interview a couple late night talk show hosts during then um you know worked on my uh graduate project and then was trying to find my way and oddly enough so i, I then I, you know found a job at the colorado school of mines yeah. uh and i was just like a communications person um, and that's where I met some of the best academic minds in mining. And I knew nothing, nothing. I was like, cool. You get to blow shit up and drive big trucks. Awesome. Pretty like, much. This is great. That's what it is. And, I, and, uh, but and then I found exploration and the markets and I know this is like, you know, really expediting the whole process, but, uh, you know, it always came back to like, where does this storytelling, meeting people, asking questions, um, marketing, journalism, how's it all fit? And uh, so I started out doing some social media work for a couple companies and still do uh, for one. And, you know, the podcast was uh, an idea because uh, uh, Bill Powers of Mining Stock Education had launched his podcast and I listened to it all the time. Uh, Leslie, uh, Stokes and Matt Keevil, when they were at the Northern Miner, I mean, I literally would listen to those two, uh, in my, 
headphones, put my kids to bed. Oh, I didn't even know they had one out there. Okay, I got to go look that one up. They, yeah, it was the original Northern Miner podcast. And I was like, man, I mean, there's room here, but there's no like real news, like continuing news. And so I was like, well, here's an idea. And uh, it's kind of started as a pet project. I had coffee with Dave Kranzler, Denver Dave. Uh, pitched him the idea because I needed somebody who knew the markets and the precious metals sector really well. And he was, he literally lives a couple miles from my house. And I said, what do you think? He's like, let's do it. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, I remember like the first day, I think we had like five listens. Isn't that devastating a bit? You put that out, you think it's the coolest <laughs> shit on the planet. It's the hottest take and five listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But you know, it was like, hey, like, it's something. And, and, uh, last month, I mean, like, you know, it, it may not be huge numbers in the podcast realm, but we had a hundred thousand listens last That's month. Phenomenal. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just so fucking grateful. Yeah. Sorry. I got a pack <laughs> mouth, but, uh, all good. We're on yeah. the internet. So we can say whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Right. So no, that's phenomenal, man. Like you've been an inspiration actually for SF Live as well. And one one thing I really admire is your stamina. You say you get up at five Mountain Time. That's four a.m. Vancouver time. I'd never dreamed getting up at four a.m. Vancouver time. That won't ever happen. Not <laughs> oh, actually, I should say that I'm getting up at three next week for a Dodge Goat message. But uh, um, yeah. that's a rare exception. How many shots of espresso do you take before you start recording? I uh, get one uh, quick. Uh, uh lungo of nespresso into my cup and then i okay i got a question actually for the audience i really hope you get some feedback here on twitter who the hell likes keurig coffee nobody we have it here in the office because the the company that was in here before left it for us and i see why (laughs) and i can taste why so it's so stale it's it's like it's just been sitting in a plastic cup for months i'm I'm cheap to walk down to starbucks in the building get a coffee and we ran out of fresh beans for our coffee for just a Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Okay, enough of that. Stuff. But um, let, let's you, let's talk about your principles first before we dive more into specifics about your interviews. Mm-hmm. Like we, we talked before as well, you run a podcast, but you've you've been in broadcast journalism before, so you sort of apply yeah. journalistic standards. Run us through your process there. Like, how do you filter maybe a news release? What is a news release worthy press release for you? Like, um. You know, I go through so many news releases every week. Like, you know, what I have to take is what's on the release. Um, I I try, you know, it, it's really hard because it's like, obviously, I'm a speculator and I'm an investor. I have my own opinions on companies. Um, but that's not the purpose of the morning briefing, nor is it the purpose of my interviews that I do. It's It's really just a platform to get the news out. Um, so it's not for, it's not up to me to make the decision what's, you know, kosher and what's not, you know, what may be shady and what's honest. Uh, that's up to you and everybody else listening. Uh, really what the briefing is, is it's just another medium of disseminating the information via the press release. Um, you know, get in your car, go on a walk, listen to the podcast in 10, 10 minutes, you're going to have a quick snippet of information then it's up to you to go do the follow-through have you fallen trap of say you've been blind uh, blinded by a headline and said oh okay i gotta get this out on the podcast and then you actually find out maybe a couple hours later this is complete hoax yeah yeah i think it's happened i mean i don't necessarily have a direct example 
and yeah, right away. Um, where you read the headlines, yeah, like, oh, I this mean, reads good, like, this reads well, maybe I should, this is newsworthy, and you read the highlights, oh, it still sounds good, and then you start digging deeper, it's like, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. Well, and that's the thing, it's like, and again, that's not for me, it's not for me to do that deep due diligence, like, I'm not putting editorial, I, I don't want to put editorial spin on this, you know, I try my best not to do that, um, but, uh, you know, I am also human, so it's, you know, I, of course I've made mistakes and maybe have been perceived to have done that. And that's not really my intent. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, the way my business model is, I mean, obviously you've seen, I, I have sponsors of the podcast, uh, you know, they, uh, support the podcast and through that business model, they get priority dissemination. Yeah. So if they have a news release, that morning and I get it in time. I mean, it's going out because, oh, yeah. uh, because they're supporting it. And so I want to make sure that that happens. Um, but you know, there, I mean, there have been times like, I mean, there was a news release today that I didn't report because I didn't see it in time to, by the time I started recording. Um, but you know, I looked at the news release and I was like, Interesting. I would have I would have reported it, but I probably would have had to add like that was really close to the last hole. <laughs> yeah, we talked to that. We talked about that one. And we don't want to name names or anything, but uh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and like, how yeah. do you not fall trapped for that, right? And right, so, like you, you said something. You're not trying to put a spin on it. And we both do interviews, and we I'm sure we've all we both had interviews that we almost re or that we pretty much instantly regret it because. They were, just weren't good. The company maybe didn't hold up standard. You did somebody a favor or something and interviewed somebody. He's like, how how do you do it? Seriously, how do you really stay neutral? Like, I've, I've done interviews where you actually, at the end of the interview, find out, and maybe I should have done my due diligence more, that maybe 40 million shares are coming free trading next week. The company actually doesn't own a project, right? Like, and that comes yeah. out in the questioning when, he, when the CEO tells you about the story and you find out during the questioning, like, this is complete garbage. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's I keep on reminding myself. There's a reason that this sector is so small. You know, what, you know what that reason is, Kai? What is it? Nobody fucking cares. <laughs> I'm serious. Like we are like like this. The resource speculation and exploration is it, just founded on you know science and engineering and hopes and dreams. Yeah. We don't know what's down there. Um, we do our best, do our best to figure out what is, um, but it's nothing's guaranteed. This is not, you know, a business model where you're manufacturing a widget and selling it to a market because the market wants it. Like this is something completely different. Um, it's very risky and there, there's a reason why it's not a mainstream industry where people are putting their capital in because of all that. Like, you know, it's, uh, now the risk is that. The risk is high, but the reward is just can be just absolutely gigantic, wonderful, yeah, can be life changing, and uh, uh, and I just I just remind I, I just remind myself that you know it's like you know I go to like you know I go to like part you know I don't go to parties anymore, uh, but you know when I used to be social, um, I would tell people about you know gold, silver, copper projects and exploration projects, and people just be like yeah that's nice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I feel like that meme from uh, uh, Pablo Escobar from the TV show there on Netflix, where he just stands around, like 
oh yeah, you're the only one talking about stocks at the party, right? I know it, it is, and like <laughs> you know, you and I can talk about yeah. it, and all of Mintwit can talk about it, and I love those conversations, but I can't go talk to my wife about it. No, no, even friends, you know, they, like I even have a hard time recommending stocks to friends of mine because they don't know what's going on, and I see things differently, and it's just yeah different. Uh, but it, but that's there's just like we have a small niche. Like what we are is in a niche, and like I, I like to think that we are all in a way supporting each other by having conversations, whether it's positive or negative. And so we're all feeding off of this information. Uh, but we are a very very small group of people. Yeah. And you see that like, actually by the organic views, and you see that with your podcast. I see that with the videos, and like our views are all organic, and you can see that like how small the industry actually is. And the best example was when Verify, Verify put out their first ad, their first video that went viral within the industry. I think it was 10,000 yeah. people who saw it, but everybody's seen it that I spoke to, right? So that sort yeah. of tells you how big the industry is. And you got to keep that in mind as well when you when you look at numbers in terms of investors and industry insiders as well. So right, right. I don't know. That's a good perspective, in my opinion. Um, let, let's talk about your worst interview experience. And I don't want to hear the company name or... Like, but the, what was like one of the worst experiences, like where either you screwed up completely or where the where you just like, okay, this is just bad. This is not going where the way it should go. Um, yeah, I don't, that's a, that's a really good question. I think if I've ever had a bad experience, like it's maybe just been on my shoulders, you know, like I, I kind of brush it off. Yeah. You know, if I, if, you know, I don't think that interview, like if I think now ah, that interview didn't go very well, like maybe it's because I didn't think I was adding much value, you know, maybe the listen, I didn't think the listeners were going to get anything new out of it. Um, you know, like maybe it's because I just kept on, you know, you know, what's your business strategy? What's your share structure? Like how much money do you have? Yeah. You know, you know, all that same stuff that like, you know, gets asked every single time, like, and it's probably on me, just because like I didn't maybe do my. It's a preparation. Do my yeah, it's like, good, good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I, you know, I don't. It, it's not. I don't think it's ever been because of the other person on the other side. Good, good point. Yeah, like a couple of interviews where it's like, it's it's a preparation. Often it's like I've interviewed a couple of ASX companies lately, and I feel so not confident talking to ASX companies just because I'm not aware of regulations and like asking certain things about the ASX, right? And it's just not my wheelhouse. So that's where I feel especially nervous, to be honest, because I don't want to make a fool out of myself. Are you still with us? Oh, lost yeah, you. Yeah, I'm still here, sorry. Lost you for a second, reconnected. you're back. Okay, perfect. But uh, I think everybody yeah. heard what I was saying. So, but then again, like on the other side, like what was one of the best interviews? And I don't mean maybe by click by clicks or listens, but really like one of the best interviews that flowed the best. You learned the most and you felt like, oh shit, this was a good one. And you just go and... Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the la that last two parts interview with Rob McEwen after the gold bar fiasco uh, was really solid and... I have I have a lot of respect for Rob because he was so genuinely honest um, with that, and he wasn't trying to put lipstick on a pig or anything. Like he knew it was bad, and he was willing to come out, come on the show. And I mean, we talked for like an hour. Yeah, that was one of my favorite interviews as well. It really elevated your brand, in my opinion, as well, because it legitimized sort of what you've been doing as well. Like, well, a, and, and right, he like, was authentic. You know, like yeah. he was just he was he he's enough. I, I mean. Everybody has an opinion about everybody. I think Rob McEwen is one of the most 
authentic guys out there. I mean, he's done really well. He's, you know, outside of mining, he's just done really good things with his capital and giving back. And he wants McEwen to kind of get settled and move back up. And he's got a long, you know, it's going to be a challenge for him, but he's just like, he knows it. Yeah. And he's not the only one running it. Right. So there's people below him. That's just, that, that run it for him more or less. And of course he's got to take the blame when things go sideways, but, uh, it's not just a one-man operation, right? So I have a lot of right. respect for him. He's speaking at Doji Gold Mess. I'm really looking forward to as well. So I've right. um, spoken to him a couple times in the past. Um, let, let's briefly, because you see all the press releases, right? So let, let's briefly talk about the market for just a minute. And like you you probably read way more press releases than I ever will. And that gives you a really good gut feeling, right? Like I often go by gut feeling. I can't really pinpoint sometimes things, but you can recognize trends by reading press releases or just seeing momentum on Twitter, for example. Like what, what's the current market? Would just give us an update. What do you see as Trevor Hall out there right now? That's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now, I mean, I, I like, I mean, it, it, like everybody's waiting in anticipation. Trevor. And for, I think I was like, had the, you lose me again? Yeah, I got you back. You're back. Okay. I was going to say last week, I was just like in this funk because it was like COVID depression, politics, depression, and then like waiting on assay depression, you know, because <laughs> it's just going to be on. That should be a hashtag. Yeah. Because I was just like, you know, like, and gold is trying to figure out what it's going to do. It could go either way right now. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of like everybody's just like waiting. Maybe there's this so, see, macro well, I'm catalyst. Trying, I'm trying to figure out what they're waiting for. For me, it's like you you choose in, in the U.S. the U.S. election. Unfortunately, it's pest versus cholera right now, right? Like, you choose your poison yeah. in the end. But both choices are good for gold, right? So in the long run, you got to print money. It's like, I, I don't understand what the investors are waiting for. And maybe the gold and silver, I had a good interview with Don Durrett the other day, and we sort of agreed on the fact that maybe the yeah. gold precious metals market is more reflective of a real economy and the real markets than uh, the S&P or Dow Jones right now, right? Uh, well, I mean, look at what Bitcoin's doing the last week and a half. It's been, I mean, yeah. that thing is skyrocketing. I mean, I mean, they, you can, they both can be perceived as safe haven investments, you know, I mean, I know like <laughs> the old schoolers are like, oh, Bitcoin. Ah. It's like, well, people see it that way. So therefore it is. Yeah. No, it's $14,000 or something right now. So that's been holding up really well and coming back. So it's doubled. Getting close. So no, let's dive back to it. We, we touched markets real quick, but I really want to dive deeper. It's like interview techniques. How, how do you see things? Like what I asked you beforehand, like, so give you a couple seconds to think about it. Like what is one of your favorite questions to ask your guests on the show? Like what triggers a reaction that you really want to see, or gives you like a good response that you can judge their character on <laughs> recent, recently in the last six months is why now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, why not? Uh, so you, you just, you just needed $1,900 gold to like, brush your project off the shelf and, and raise $10 million and start drilling. Like, why couldn't you do this when gold was at $1,300? Yeah. It's like, oh, the market you know. wasn't there. We couldn't raise the money. I don't blame, <laughs> like, and I don't blame, I don't, I, yeah. I don't blame people for doing that. Like, of course, like there's momentum here, but it's like, you know, when gold was at $1,500, we kept on saying how like some of these companies needed to go away because it's not, they don't make any sense. And now that we have $1,900 gold, 
Nobody went away. In fact, we have more saturation than we did before. Well, my, my favorite ones are, well, they produced 3,000 ounces of gold between 1916 and 1919, and uh, we're going to base our <laughs> right? Like, those are one of my favorite projects. So they, they must have something huge. So yeah. uh, they just missed it. So, but also, like, what is something you learned through your podcasts? Is there something like takeaways that made you a different person or key takeaways? I mean, I don't, I don't know what I don't know. I, I am not bashful. If I don't know something, I'm going to ask. Um, I try to, I try to provide some authenticity that way. Cause like, honestly, like, I mean, there's so much about this. I don't know. And if I don't know it, I'm sure other people listening don't know. And so it's almost my responsibility to like follow up with those questions as naive or dumb as they are. Um, I need to, I need to ask, um, you know, I think that's really important because uh, it helps me learn and grow, helps our listeners learn and grow. Um, but other than that, I think it's just, you know, I, I think that the, the authenticity is really important. And, uh, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's probably it. No, that's a good point because I asked an ASX listed company the other day, what's semi-coincidence? Like, what is that? What's a semi-coincidence? Like apparently in IOCG targets, that's a popular term and Olympic data yeah. has a lot of semi-coincidences. Like for me, it's either coincidence or not coincident, right? Like what's a semi-coincidence? So I felt a bit stupid asking that because it felt like it was asking something that everybody knows and I just missed it. But that was a term that just stuck to my head when I watched an interview in preparation for that conversation, right? And like, yeah. That's... Well, it's like one of those things, like like it's so technically driven, this industry is so technically driven, like I have a masters of arts not a master's of science yeah so right and so it's like all right well it's like whoa 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 okay take this back <laughs> whatever you just said put it into layman's terms so i can understand it yeah no i've been reading press release like one of our clients yesterday had a press release and he's like come on like let's 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 dumb it down like i understand i i found the three words that matter the most of the part of the press release but let's simplify it and let's not talk about the geological search but what does it actually mean and that's sometimes companies have a hard time doing that. And well, you have to. I mean, if, if I, I just kind of feel like the more technically driven you are, I mean, that stuff is important. Don't get me wrong, but like, if fewer people understand what you're doing because you're, you know, it's so the, the definitions are so like high level, yeah. then you're you're having a hard you're going to have a hard time connecting with people that maybe are curious about putting yeah. money into your company. Yeah. And you really, gotta- I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying make it overly simple, but you've got to tell this story like you're talking to somebody who's a freshman in high school. Yeah, but no, sometimes it really is like this intercept is good, anomaly at the <laughs> bottom, beta, right? Sometimes you got, yeah. sometimes you got to really put it down that way because like, people don't understand it. They look at the grades at the top, it's like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. But then you really get, then it gets technical. You got to look at it, it's like, well, this is way better. Like, but people don't understand that. They don't catch that because it was hidden in the technical lingo, right? Yeah. So, all right. Cool, cool. Good stuff. Right. Um, anything you would have done completely different starting the podcast? Hmm. Dang, man. Uh, completely different. Or something that you know now that you'd have changed two years ago, three years ago. Um. You know, I wish I would have done more of these like intraday market commentaries years ago. That was something that kind of got spurred on this spring just because things were changing so quickly. 
and then the gold market and silver market took off and the junior mining market took off. Um, I wish I would have perceived the value in that earlier. So I would have done those more. Um, that, you know, I, you know, I would, but that's all hindsight, you know, yeah. like I don't, I don't regret, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have any regrets with the podcast. Um, and you shouldn't, you know, I, I, well, I mean, it's like, you know, like, I'm just like, I don't know. I, um, honestly, like I'm not the first one to do a podcast, right. It is in this sector. Like, you know, Bill and Matt and Leslie came before me and, and like, you know, Bill's still doing it. If you haven't listened to mining stock education, Fuck, listen to that thing. Like, he's so good. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, he asked, I mean, he, that guy does some due diligence. Yeah. It's really good. But, um, yeah, but, you know, I was just trying, I, you know, I was trying to take what Bill did and, like, put my own news and journalism spin on it. So, yeah. No, that makes sense. Cool. So, no regrets. Would you have done more video like we're doing now? Um, if I had, more resources and time. time. Like if I wasn't just a one man band, I I probably would have done more video. Time suck. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's and uh I mean but this, you know, honestly, like the podcast like is like listen, like is like I'm either to be there for my family and my kids when I have to be. And uh that's really what's most important. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And it's an easy way to actually work from it's it's awesome actually because you didn't have to change your business model at all, really. It during it's starting in March. It hasn't really well, like you, no, added, it, you added the commentary. Obviously, you added to it, but it wasn't a complete restart or revamp or a re- rethink, right? So yeah, but it it evolved. Oh yeah, yeah, it's always evolved. So it's like for me looking back, like I'm wondering, like why haven't we done SF Live three years ago, right? So that's that's what <laughs> I'm wondering, and like it, it comes down to the mining industry or the exploration industry is so reluctant for change. And COVID sort of changed that a bit and really pushes companies online now. Yeah. Right? So, so this is this is a great this is a good story. So, Mining Stock Daily originally started as a pure, simple, solo Amazon Alexa flash skill. So, if you have a smart speaker and Amazon Alexa, you download these skills, and that's what kind of feeds your smart speaker. And nobody was in this space. So when I decided to do mining stock data, I was like, I'm going after that Amazon Alexa crowd because more people are adopting Amazon Alexa and smart speakers. I want to be there. Uh, nobody else in this industry is there. So there it is. So I went into the Amazon Alexa for some time. We were the, we were the only uh, audio briefing there, and that's yeah. the only skill there in junior mining. But then that evolved. It's like, well, I can't just be – in Amazon Alexa for as bullish as I am on smart speaker technology over the next five, 10 years, like, you know, Apple podcast, Spotify, all the stuff is also coming up. I got to be there. So you have to like branch your distribution and really kind of add those levels because it's not up to me as a content producer and distributor to decide where people consume the consumption mechanism. That medium is up to the person who's wants to consume. See, but the problem so, is, and I got a counter for you actually on that. And I've okay. been considering that as well with Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, 
you you got to grow your audience on a certain platform and you got to funnel everything to one place to one spot to sort of grow that audience there right and i've been i've been watching a lot of youtube videos on tutorials on how to start sf live and one key takeaway was focus on one channel first grow that and have other channels sort of feed into it right so that's why we do sf well, live I mean, we upload later to youtube i could easily simultaneous stream to youtube right now right sure. and other platforms it's well, just a click of a button twi twitter's it I mean, Twitter. Twitter is our um, can I know, I know the foundation, right, yeah. for us. So and but but also so we like, distribute every the audience has grown over the last nine months or seven months as well. Like I, I always thought there was yeah. no audience for the type of content that I'm producing, or not enough audience, not not enough listeners, viewers. Like there's enough for a small space, like yourself, Bill Powers, and maybe another minor podcast, because you mentioned it, but not. But now, due to COVID, everybody's consuming so much online content because you don't have a choice, really, right? So that space was created in the last seven months as well. That sort of sparked like a lot of new webinars, online conferences, SF Live forms, like live live webinars that we see on YouTube, right? Channels growing, right. exploding. So, but you have but you have to be there because I think mean, this is not like like we are too focused on like you know what can benefit my company this week you know like what can how am i going to get better numbers now instead of thinking okay how is the audience changing you know what how is the audience changing now into where they're going to be in five or ten years you know because you and i like are of the age to where you and i don't communicate the same way as we used to 20 years ago let alone 10 years ago that is going to probably change in another 10 to 20 years. Like we will be using different platforms. And so like, I you gotta find, a you gotta be open to trying new things. And because it, it's just like this, this, this continuing evolution of where the attention flows. Yeah. Right. And if we don't change, if we don't try to go with that attention flow, then we're going to be stuck in a position where people are not paying attention. And I've seen that actually in companies as well. They're, they're, it seems like they're getting way more interaction, way more engagement when they're actually active now on social media and various platforms, right? It's the ones that attend the online conference. They're actually embracing the new norm that do get all the attention. It seems like, like I see a lot of the same names, obviously, but those are the ones that are actively embracing what's going on. Like, Absolutely. I mean, I honestly, I, I don't think until recent, probably within the last six, eight months, I've realized how much, um, you know, min, you know, okay. So mining Twitter, min twit, like there's a small group of us, you know, and we all kind of know each other and communicate with one another, but I think we don't have to give ourselves, some, like, I think there's a lot of pull there. I think a lot of people tune into Twitter just to see what min twit's talking about and then make some judgment with some, you know, some decisions there. I think there's a lot of like outside observers. I, th I think so too. And I see those popping up that, that that follow like ten people or so and have one follower themselves. There's so. quite a few interesting retail investors, and if you get yeah. to know the people behind the handles as well, and I had a really interesting phone call with with one of them this morning as well. There's it's like the icebergs, right? Like you only see the tip <laughs> of it. You don't know what's underneath. It's really really interesting and fascinating. So um, let let us let me close this interview with a with a cheesy question, okay? And. Uh, <laughs> If you had to choose three people to have dinner with, who would it be, dead or alive? Uh, my wife, my mom, and my dad. Okay. 
I was hoping for a mining focused answer, but we, we sort of clarified that you were more <laughs> okay, of a, okay, uh, so that you're changing. definitely a family man. So, but uh, let's okay. exclude those three, no, and we know you're I tell close you what, to your heart. I, okay, so. we'll, we'll change it. I, but I'm gonna I, I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put somebody who's deceased in there because okay, yeah. uh, even before he passed, I was like, I just want to go have a meal with Anthony Bourdain. Like, I would, like, die right after the meal and die happy. Yeah. You know, that would have been just a dream come true. Um, But inside the mining, like, uh, I'd like to have a conversation, a meal with Ross Beatty. Yeah. You know, he did a presentation uh, during the um, New Orleans Investment Conference about his – you know, his professional history as a geologist. And I thought it was really fascinating. So it'd be like, you know, how'd you go from basically boots on the ground, rock liquor to this company starter, you know, yeah. who helped you along the way? Yeah. You know, who'd you look up to? Who are your mentors? That type of thing. Um, who else? You know, uh, I'd never have enough conversations and meals with Doug Ramshaw. Yeah. So, though I talk to him quite often, but having a meal with him would be fun. Um, yeah, but you can't get me to get yeah. to go to Calgary. That's not happening. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> I also owe Dave Kranzler a couple meals. Oh, so okay. I would. Uh, no, I was like, one, one thing, one, one guy I'd actually love to talk to is Marie Pezum. Oh, yeah. That'd be an interesting conversation. It's just uh, pure curiosity. That name has popped up so many times. Just. Uh, Back the Vancouver Stock Exchange days, so different. And then you see so many patterns recurring that are repeating itself now on social media than they used to do in print. So right. really right. curious conversation because you probably learn a lot that you could just sort of transfer over to, to what is it now, 2020, right? So Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know who's fun if you ever get a chance to have a meal with is uh, James Rogers with Longford Exploration. And he was also clear. He's a, he's a clarity gold as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good, bet, good buddy of mine. Good buddy. And the guy is not short of just crazy stories from out in the field, out in the bush. Nice. See, I've only <laughs> been in the industry for 10 years. Like, and I talked, you know, the, let's call them the old timers. And they call back, like, oh, yeah, back in 74 when I was a broker at Yorkton, right? Like, I met with this guy. He's like, wait, I don't have these stories yet. Like, I'm still working on my own story, right? Like, but that's the thing. James is our age. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't know that. I I just assumed. With, and I'm sorry, but he's like making assumption here. James Rogers sounds like the guy is 75 years old. And I, I do mean, apologize. the guy. The- the guy has lived like four lifetimes. I feel like it's unbelievable. His liver probably has too. So yeah. good stuff, Trevor. Um, actually, we do have one question that came in on Twitter. Okay, I gotta ask you that okay. one, and it came in from Sask Explorer one. So, hey Sask, yeah. So to answer the question, he says Nespresso for him at home. Perfect. Good. No Keurig. I can't stand that crap. But also, who won the 1995 Orange Bowl? Nebraska. Good. It probably is. Yeah, it was a rhetorical question, I think. So that's why he put it in. Who there. was the quarterback? I don't know. Let's see if he answers. <laughs> Tommy Frazier. Backup quarterback was Brooke Barringer. He's are good at this stuff. Yeah, I'm just a. Oh man, that was dude. You know, like the one time I think I ever saw my dad. Well, I saw. Him, I've seen my dad cry twice in my life, and one time was after they won the 1994 Orange <laughs> <Okay. laughs> 
<laughs> and we and we sort of covered the other question, but I really want to answer is like favorite interview on Trevor's career covering the mining sector. So we, we, you mentioned the one with Rob McEwen. Was that your all time favorite though? I mean, that was yeah. I mean, it was definitely one of the most one of the most memorable. Um, you know, one of these things, like a lot of interviews I like to do now are with these new young CEOs, uh, Chad Peters, oh, yeah. Ridgeline, uh, 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 Flood, yeah, uh, Zach Flood, Zach Flood. Uh, I mean, goddamn, these kids are smart. And I say the kids are like three years younger than me. Yeah, I feel I feel like so old saying that. Sorry, no, no, it's good to but, see you know, that. Like, it's like, good to see them come up as well, though. Right, like well, and yeah, and they're like, and they're and they're picking up projects from people I've I've known that've been in the industry for years, and so like it's a really exciting time to like talk to some of those young young geos turn executives uh, and see it's it's the next it's the next generation. So just watch out for that space. Exactly, Trevor. Those were great words to end this podcast on. So we ran right. way over our twenty minute limit. I think we're at forty one minutes right now. So. This is you just set the record for the longest SF live in history. So I beat Chris Marcus. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I talked to him thirty five minutes. I think so. I told, I told you I beat him somehow. <laughs> so forty one minutes, new record, forty two probably. And it was once we hang up here. And uh, really appreciate you coming. It was a great, insightful conversation. Always great chatting with you. Really appreciate your support with Deutsche Goldmesse uh, being a media partner. And oh, oh, almost forgot the big mm. announcement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we hyped it up so much on Twitter, we forgot about it. <laughs> All right. Here's, can, I, can I just give the announcement? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I have five complimentary Pet Rock t-shirts from Mining Stock Daily that I'm happy to give away to the first five people that DM me. Now, if you have already received a shirt, you're disqualified from, the, from this. Uh, new followers or anybody, first five people who do DM me at Trev A Hall, you get it. I'll respond. Get your uh, your shipping address and your shirt size. Fantastic. But, uh, complimentary is SF Live. I need to wear one. I need more swag. I was I was actually going to get a, a mug that says your 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 advertisement or your ad right here. Yeah, so. they run. They run after a, a wash or two. They run a little bit small. So then send me an XL. <laughs> No, um, cool. we could talk forever, talk about mining innovation, advertising and, and podcasting. We could talk. We Maybe we should set up a separate episode for that because I have the Anytime. feeling service providers, especially we're not just talking to junior miner, miners and explorers. They're just asleep at the wheel. Like, why aren't lawyers advertising on your show, for example? Lawyers, engineering oh. firms. Why not? Like, you got the audience for it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just. Can <laughs> just cringed a little. <laughs> yeah, it was like a sponsor. Like you, you reached the right audience. Like it's. Oh, we had that conversation weeks ago. It's like why people? Why don't people think in new forms and formats? It's, we could talk about this forever. I got it. Can I, 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 can I have? This. Can I have one? Can I have one more shout out here? Yeah, one more. AME Roundup is going virtual this year. I am on the communications committee, and it's a wonderful organization for British Columbia and the exploration community. Uh, virtual event, uh, go take a look at it, please consider registering for the event. I know things are really fucked up lately this week, but this is a great event that I always support. And, um, 
just go to the AME Roundup page and take a look at it and consider registering as a participant, please. Fantastic. It's a great event. Too bad it's virtual this year. I always love walking the core shack because it's non-stock related. It's all project related. So I always enjoyed those conversations there right. as well. So, Trevor, thanks so much okay. for coming on. Um, thanks, at Trevor. Trev Hall. Glad you said it, actually. At Trev A. Trev a Hall. A Hall, right? There was an extra letter. Trev A. Hall. Yeah. Fantastic. Mining Stock Daily. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Alexa, all the other channels you get your podcasts from. Make sure to subscribe to it. I listen to it every every morning when it's not football season. So, <laughs> uh, fantastic. Trevor, thanks for coming on, and we'll talk again very soon. Thanks, Kai.